Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products, a top-selling company on Amazon, designing revolutionary products for virtual reality, augmented reality, and everything else gamer you need. I'm Jay Ratt, a VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for tonight's podcast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who's in love with game design and VR. And I'm Kaylee Eliza, a VR artist and musician. I'm not a generally awesome person. <laughs> <laughs> you just to read it. Line for line, Kaylee. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Adam. Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, followed by some of the latest and greatest VR news. And then we discuss the games that we've been playing recently and VR concepts from them. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we are all sitting here in VR, interacting as if we are really here together in one room so check out the channel if you want to see us and our lovely virtual faces let's jump right into the q a jay what's our first question well, we got a great question from just res our newest discord member and he asked the question if you guys were to make a game for vr have complete control over it what would it include and what would be the objective style and genre adam uh aren't you making a vr game already I am. I'm, I'm making a VR game in my free time. It's pretty slow going. As it turns out, whew, games are kind of hard to make. But uh, <laughs> but I am making some games in my free time, and it is a blast. Um, one of the things that I love most about VR is how much interaction you can have in the world. So the game that I'm making, it almost doesn't matter the premise uh, as long as you can fully interact with everything in this really interesting and unique environment. So I suppose that that's the number one thing that I'm including and from all the games that we've talked about and learned about is that you can make a good game from basically any premise as long as it really fits the VR medium, being able to interact with interesting and clever ways all your environment. So that's what I'm focusing on in my game. Uh, hopefully that's something yeah. you guys enjoy playing, right? When I finally get around to finishing <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what about the two of you? What kind of game, if you just had free reign to make whatever you wanted, what kind of game would you make? Um, so I think I'd probably want to make something that was kind of fantastical. I kind of imagine, you know, my like signature aesthetic, but not really. I kind of imagine it to be very like a storytelling experience and where the gaming side of it would be more like where I kind of I've always loved this idea that you'd be able to have this kind of eternal game so it's kind of like updated so as you go along so it would be so cool to be like the main character in some sort of fantastical storyline you know like a bit like even if it's like a Stranger Things-esque storyline or anything like that but you're like the main character and it doesn't really feel like a game so much I kind of would love to make a game it doesn't feel like a game it's almost like you're stepping into another world and playing out that story but the way that I'd want the immersion to work would be like say if like every time you went into it like depending on your actions the following sequences would change so hmm. and that inspiration it sounds really complicated but it's basically because I have really vivid dreams basically and um every time i go to sleep the dream carries on from last night's dream and it's this continuous story ever i think that as far back as i can remember it's probably like as young as like five i like i just my dreams don't go away i don't forget them so i would <laughs> love to make a 
sort of continuous game that kind of adopted that like that sort of idea that every time you went back into it it carried on from where you left off but in a more of like a spontaneous way rather than it being like like I don't know how that would happen because that would mean like some pe- people would have to be working on it like constantly updating and I don't mean like I don't mean like individual for that individual person necessarily but just like I don't know it feels more like you're discovering the storyline rather than it being there and then you're just falling into exactly what you expect the person to do I don't know I got that's kind of it sounds really extensive but that's kind of been sitting in the back of my mind that if I did know how to play make a game it would be something like that That's that's awesome. I used to have dreams like that sometimes as a kid where it like continue, but then adulthood and the real world crushed my spirit. Now I don't really have dream anymore ever. Uh, I like that. I would say a little bit of both of what you said here, Adam. I would love to see a game where you can interact with like everything, like it's real life, like, and it stays. I can grab a pen and draw on something, and it like stays there, you know, unless someone comes along and cleans it up. But (laughs) I would love a game, and this isn't just VR. I would love a game that's actually truly choice based, Mm. and actually sticks with it's not oh they're going to talk to me a little differently now or oh i'm going to have one of three different endings i know that's a huge undertaking that's probably not going to happen in our lifetimes but i would like games that are kind of like real life where you make a choice and it can send you down a completely different path in life than if you had made a different choice there i think the the deus ex series try to do a little bit of that with their games and they try to like make it feel like your choices really make a difference but ultimately you're always following a few different paths and it's a programmer's nightmare to make something where there's unlimited paths <laughs> but it would be so cool to have a game where it really is like every choice you make changes what's going to happen for the rest of the game yeah that's, that's my dream just Rez said i could do anything i wanted in this in this potential fantasy game so that's that's <laughs> my fantasy i know that's virtually impossible <laughs> Yeah, I know you're, you're talking about your guys' games and I'm just seeing the hours tick by and how long it would take <laughs> to make that, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's even possible. It would take more than a lifetime for multiple people to come up with something like that, but it'd be so cool. Yeah. Uh, we had a question from Starsight, Kaylee. Oh, sunny or snowy. So <laughs> is that sort of ge- generally which one would you choose which sort of environment would you choose that, that was the whole question so i mean you you take the question whichever way you want to personally <laughs> uh well i kind of have like a sub story behind my reason but i would Uh-oh. go sunny <laughs> no 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 it's purely because i actually have a skin condition and i i survive purely on uv light uh, uh, so i'm gonna go with sunny <laughs> 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 That's important. Well, yeah, here, it's pretty important. Here where I live, snow is pretty unusual. And if it sticks, it's so magical and gorgeous. But by day two or three, everyone's crashing their cars to each other. Everyone hates it. So as much as I love the snow and it's whimsical, if I had to choose one or the other, it would definitely be sunny. Because snow, just once it's been around a few days, it becomes a nightmare. Where oh, I yeah, live. definitely. Especially in the UK. Like, <laughs> if, 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 if anyone here is given the option between sunny and anything else, I think we were going to pick sunny too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you barbarians snowing all the way. I, uh, I grew up in the mountains of the Rockies. I mean, I grew up in the snow. Always sunny, no. always snowy. The best, though, is when it's so snowy and sunny at the same time, where yeah. you just no. get snow everywhere and the bright sun above you, and it's just the perfect weather to go out and have a snowball fight. Mm. Yeah. Snow all the way. <laughs> okay, okay, Aww. I'm okay with that. Uh, Adam, there was one more question, wasn't there? There was. So we had one more question from Crowd Nation who asks, have you guys played Township Tale? It released on the store quest today. It was a couple days ago when he asked the question. 
I remember playing the beta and it was fairly buggy and unpolished. I'd like to know if it is worth the $10 price point now. So we are going to cover this game in depth in the game section of tonight's episode. So stick around to find out what we think. But in the meantime, let's head right into the news section. Jay, well, what do we got for our first story? Before we get into the news, we got to talk about who is sponsoring today's news section. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, Esports Customware. They actually have been making uh, jerseys, sportswear for biking forever, and they're now stepping into the esports. They specialize in custom esports jerseys. They, they're they're made to wick moisture, disperse heat, look great doing it. And we're going to be able to talk a little more in depth here in Fuchs because we're actually getting a whole set of full dive OKVR ones ourselves. Me, Adam, and even Destiny. You remember her from previous episodes. We're going to be able to tell you what they're really like in person, but they're sponsoring us. And I want to say thank you. Go check them out on Instagram. We'll make sure there's a link in the show notes, in the description. You can check them out. And if you need to get an order, you're looking for an esports team. You're just looking for something to wear <clears> as a streamer. They're going to make all kinds of amazing clothes that are actually going to work well for athletic games. These aren't just merch shirts like I wear that get soaked in sweat and instant just get disgusting on you. Yeah, <laughs> go check them out. They look incredible. I can't wait to get my hands on it and, and feel what it's like. That'll be happening in just a couple weeks here. Stay tuned. Uh, tonight, we're sitting here in, in a certain app that is not Rec Room, which is where we usually are. But Rec Room <laughs> has done something crazy. People have been wondering, when is Rec Room going to add arms? When is it going to add legs? They have added those, kind of. They add, dropped an update where you can now put on avatar costumes, so it's like a costume that goes onto your character, and it can have legs and arms that actually move and react by what you're doing. These costumes are sold by creators on there. So Rec Room people who already design rooms, design locations, they can now design costumes and sell them. So I've seen a couple of them on Instagram. So I saw one that looks like a really buff avatar one that looks like a scrawny avatar some that look like dragon costumes these do not become part of your character though so if you go to a different world it may not stick with your character this is just a costume you can put on from place to place where you are but it's the first step towards having full body immersion and maybe even full body wearable tracking in rec room what do you think about that from the time we've spent in rec room do you think that's useful well i mean i i think it's interesting so how well doesn't model it because you have some games especially a lot of shoers tend to model just the hands because when they try and model full arms and legs it just looks really janky right so mm -hmm. it really depends on how well do they model it so uh, jay have you spent some time working with the arms and legs feature i've only briefly seen these i've seen some videos that i watched on people of youtube i haven't got in and played with it myself yet it looks like it does i would say as well as like vr chat does with only you know your three points being tracked like this right now if i move my arm like obviously i can be pivoting my elbow in and out and it doesn't show here very well it's, it's looking like the same thing in rec room but of course you have that cartoony aesthetic that rec room is known for so i feel like it almost works a little better because i don't expect it to look as realistic as i expected in vr chat okay well that's really interesting but it, it sounds like that it's still limited does it sound like maybe they're doing this as a part of maybe a beta test to see how much interest there is and to roll it out to the whole program i believe so i think they're going to make this i think it's it's always been the eventual goal of rec room to go a little bit more real but the problem is every time they add a feature people are all when they added ears people are like oh the ears are so ugly they're so weird looking i hate them you know and then some people like me i just put ears on i changed up my face to kind of match it and i was like okay it's it's fine it's there <laughs> I want to get more realistic. I don't want to stick with that, you know, signature rec room, noseless, earless style forever. I want it to look more like me. Uh, I think that this is a first step, but also this actually set, steps into a, a bigger point of what rec room's trying to do. 
they they're selling these in game. So if you're a creator, you can sell an avatar. You make and if it gets really popular, you can actually get real world money for these creations you're selling wow. through the in game currency. Uh, and Rec Room promised that this was going to be a big thing this year. They were going to start paying their creators, and they're actually well on track to paying over a million dollars to creators this year, Whew. which is 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 amazing. Because like, what game out there can you think of that you can get real world money through the game, not by selling some bootleg file, not by selling some separate thing outside of the game? You could actually like work in the game and make money essentially. Yeah, I think that's that. called Eve Online, but that's an entirely <laughs> different monster. <laughs> Eve Online is is crazy huge, but yeah, uh, Rec Room's got the money. They they did another financing round and made a hundred million dollars, which puts them at one and a quarter billion dollars in wow. value. So Rec Room is bigger than people think it is. I think. What do you think about all this, Kaylee? Yeah, I mean, it sounds cool. I mean, my experience of VR chat so far, I mean, compared to obviously being in rec room with like less of this, um, <laughs> I think it sounds cool. I mean, if it if it works as good as like, I mean, it does the job, I suppose. But I'm coming from, I don't have like loads of experience in social VR, so yeah, it sounds cool to me. <laughs> yeah, and so I know that you you have a lot of experience doing uh, and making things in VR like painting your creations for the soundscapes and everything. Yeah. Would you ever consider maybe helping make some of these costumes and selling it to the audience to try and, you know, make make some good money off of this? Um, well, see, people have asked me this before. Um, uh, I like sort of saying, oh, you should really get involved in stuff. I think what it is is my brain is uh, so wired for environments. I'd, I, I think I'd have, to, I'd have to do a lot of practice. I think probably just went in and just started like, Fit, like doing that straight away I think um I don't know how comfortable I'd be with someone uh, with me charging someone uh, to do that <laughs> just because like I don't have a portfolio of like avatar costumes or anything like that <clears throat> I've made for I think as well with like because I paint with tilt brush everything is like brush stroke based I don't know like how I'd I'd have to like play around with like making it not look so layered I suppose and like strokey so um I'd, I'd be interested i just haven't delved into that character design world yet i mean i say yeah i haven't really my, I'm, I'm just so environment uh based that i think i'd be more interested in you know ex like having curating a space um rather than the character design i think which well, that's really has, interesting but it's their their environments you make are based more off of shapes than like brush strokes. So like you make a tube and you can expand and make it smaller and a different color, and then you make a circle and you can expand and make that, and then you put those together and you make a tree. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's all shape based, so you can get pretty detailed with it. But it's definitely not nothing like tilt brush. You're not going to be in there drawing with tilt brush. You're going to be like you might be making little tiny lines to make a tree branch or something. But it's it's very different than tilt brush when you create environments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. People are people. I don't know. This might be something that in in five years, there might be people that say, what do you do for a job? And they say, oh, I create things in Rec Room. You know, if that happens, that could be the biggest change for VR, for the gaming world. Like when someone can actually say they have a full time profession inside of a game world that makes in-game currency pay them in real life. That's like the first step to a real VR oasis. Yeah, Well, I think we'll get there sooner than we think. <laughs> I want to see it. Uh, Adam, what else is happening in the VR world? So there was a really interesting study that was just made, and, and it's starting to show that people are starting to recognize something that the rest of us here on this podcast already know. 
VR <laughs> is pretty awesome and it's growing pretty quick. In 2020, VR grew faster than any other type of entertainment, including cinema, traditional video games, and music and podcasts, unfortunately. You know, however much we're trying to help with that. Um, (laughs) But the report continues on to predict that not only is it the fastest growing um, media and entertainment thing right now, but it will continue to be the leader in growing until probably about 2025 which is huge. It's averaging about 30% year-over-year growth right now, which is insane. It is insane. I also, I coming from a business background, I always question, like, what are these statistics? You know, because, like, I could say <laughs> I could say one week, we were up 30% in sales, but, like, the previous week, we had, like, the power out, and we couldn't sell anything for two days. So, like, sometimes the statistics can be a little skewed. I was reading about this, and it's, like, 1.8 billion for last year, which is up from like 1.1, 1.2 billion. That's a pretty significant number. It's not chump uh, change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is that is some serious money. And I think all of us who are involved in VR find that really exciting because we want there to be a good future in it. We want it to continue to grow. Uh, something that I'm curious about, though, I feel like that number isn't really indicative of the year VR had because between COVID, the shortage on headset sales, the less people developing games necessarily, it's interesting to me that it still grew that much even during that. Do you think it would have been different? You think it would have been bigger if if last year had been a normal year? Mm. Hmm. That's an interesting question. And, and I'm really interested to hear what Kaylee thinks about all this. But I think VR might have actually been helped by the pandemic. Because I got to say, one of the things that really pushed me into VR, especially in 2020, was the pandemic hit. And suddenly... I couldn't go outside anywhere. I couldn't see any of my friends, but you know what I could do? I could hang out with them in VR. One of the nicest things about VR is especially being in a program like this, it really feels like I'm chatting with you guys face-to-face. And that's one of the best experiences ever. And so I think that's one of those things that maybe propelled VR forward a little bit. And if it grew 30%, and that's with Steam never having the Index headset in stock or Oculus Quest 2 selling out in a month, I'm surprised what would have happened if they had it fully stocked. Whoever wanted it could get it. That might have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I was about to say, uh, there's that same thing. I think the pandemic, um, well, I assume it would have helped purely, yeah, for the same reason that um, that physically you can't do as much. You like, Like, personally, I've spent a lot less money on you know, maybe the things I would have done if everything was like completely normal, especially like in our lockdown where you literally, you would, you had to still physically just stay <laughs> at home. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing, you can't, there's nowhere to spend your money outside of your home. So maybe people will have been more inclined to spend their money, you know, on the app store. I would have, I would have assumed so. I, I think the pandemic definitely helped in the way that more people got interested in VR, but it hurt it a lot in how much was available. Yeah, was supply the chain. Mm, yeah. yeah, it became very hard to find headsets. And I do worry that a lot of those people that were interested in now that it's kind of coming to an end, we might start to see headsets are back. You can buy them again. And people are like, eh, I can go outside again. I can do other stuff again. They're not going <laughs> to jump in. Uh, and that might have that might hurt us a little bit. But I'm definitely interested to see what happens this year as things have gotten more normal. Does it really continue to grow like they're saying? Because like from our perspective, and I might be going down a rabbit hole, but like it's been weird lately. There's been like less news, less games, less headsets constantly releasing. I think the business side might be growing more, but like the consumer VR side, 
it just feels like we're kind of in a stagnant period of like, okay, what's next? What's happening? Besides Sniper Elite VR, I can't even think of like the last big, big kind of game that came out. So I'm hoping that news like this means more developers get back in, more happens because I'm a little scared right now. I feel like, are we stalling out right now? And I don't want to feel that way. I, I'm going to disagree with you a bit. I don't think we're ever going to stall out, stall out in VR, especially not with 30% year over year growth for VR. That's an amazing number. And just, you know, businesses will always follow where the money's at. And this is showing more than ever, there's more and more money in VR. I would expect it to keep growing and we're going to start seeing more and more big developers release these really highly expected games in VR. Well, obviously I'm betting on that because this is where my my career path and my life are. I'm just I'm just getting that little bit of reservation when it's like I go look at the news sites and it's like they're just releasing like top 10 lists and top this and that. Like it's not actual news. So I'm like, come on, get some new stuff going. I want to get excited about something right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some amazing games to talk about. But before we do, Adam, we got another sponsor we got to talk about. Tell Tell the people about them. We do. So this week's game segment is brought to us by Asterian Products. Asterian offers high-quality universal VR headset stands. Uh, a lot of the hosts on our podcast have them, and we love them to death. They have full RGB lightings and a sleek, minimalistic look. It really fits in with whatever setup you have. And personally, I love seeing my headset on this sweet RGB setup right next to my PC. You can get $5 off your order, and uh, uh, you can get $5 off any order $19.99 or more by using the code, code FULLDIVE at AsterianProducts.com. So uh, let's we jump need in. A, mm-hmm. I was going to say, we need to figure out how to get Kaylee one over in Europe. Because mostly Asterian ships to the U.S., but mm. we got we to gotta make it happen. I don't even know if you've seen one yet. I probably should have like told you and sent you some pictures. Because they're like these little clear plastic acrylic rgb stands and any vr yeah. headset fits on yeah you've I probably seen, seen them on my them. instagram i follow them on instagram yeah they look so yes. cool i think <laughs> as well like they they like match everyone's vibe i've noticed that in vr everyone has like those like led like neon type rooms it's so cool but it's like i think they would really stand I, I really want one purely because it would like contrast with my studio setup just because <laughs> um mine's are like I, like my taste here is quite retro and old-fashioned and i have like quite an eclectic wall of like golden like ornate frames um <laughs> so it, i think it'd look really cool like amongst all of that to have like i like like contrasting like i have like a witchy aesthetic at home and like contrasting that with um yeah with those like stands for the headsets on the wall would be really cool you could put it on red maybe and that would kind of like throw a red kind of creepy glow with your witchy aesthetic or whatever yeah, <laughs> describing that cool yeah well, well let's we'll we'll talk more about making that happen but Kaylee you aren't much of a huge gamer you do more creation more art and we we got you into a game even if it was for a short mm-hmm. amount of time i would love for you to tell our audience what what this game is from your perspective tell them about township's tale well, um, so from what I've experienced so far, I didn't actually get into the thick of the game, to be honest. I was set, a lot of it was the setting up phase and the tutorials trying to get through. Um, I think because I was trying to get through it quicker as well, maybe that added to, you know, the impatience of the situation. <laughs> but um, generally, my first initial um reaction when i first got in there i suppose was that everything looked pretty you know 
well established. It was just actually getting in. I mean, I maybe I mean the setup thing. I I don't know whether that was a physicality thing to do with my end or that was. It, I just feel like it took a long time to get in there. But I feel like once you're in there, I think there is a lot going on in. There's a lot to do, so you'll never run out of things to do in there. Um, at least there's that. Um, but, but that's an interesting question. So what actually do you do in Township Tale? Jay, would you mind giving us like a, a five-minute rundown of this game? Because oh, it's been out for quite some time, hasn't it? I guess it's it's been out on PC for a long time. It just launched on Quest. I guess it's an MMORPG. I use that term loosely because I don't really feel like I know. But it's it's a world of online players. You go to – you have hunger. You have – health you have these different bars you have to keep filled because it's kind of a survival game but you get in and you can meet other people you can trade items with them you can build craft all kinds of stuff weapons uh backpacks food you know all kinds of different tools it's kind of like a a more fantasy based minecraft i guess you could say because there's a lot of people you're not usually alone or in a small group it's like you're in a town of people and then you can venture out of that town and go mining and bring back resources and materials to trade with the town and build up your stuff together but it is intense i would almost call it more of a real life simulator than a game because this isn't some game where you're pointing at a tree talking down. you're literally taking physically hard like 20 swings to knock a tree down with an axe <laughs> in your hands. And then you're like, okay, the, the tree's down. Now I got to chop it up into bits. Like it is almost work to play this game in that way. Cause nothing is like point and click. It is all mm-hmm. physical. If you had a treadmill that you play this game on, it would literally be like real life. It's not, there's <laughs> nothing about this that is gamey to me. It's, it's extreme. Uh, and yeah, Kaylee, I what agree. did you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I did get this like initial, I mean, even like in the menu, the menu itself, like obviously in VR, your menu is like a spatial design rather than it being like a a 2D thing. But even so, like usually you have sort of like the laser pointer scenario in like most things, but even even the menu itself, like before you've even like got to the to the hard work and the <laughs> sort of like all of that, like you're already like physically, everything is like, physical like to switches to do anything. and stuff yeah, to grab, switch, yeah. like levers like everything that you're doing is is you have to physically grab it and like move your body like constantly and then once you get in in there then you're like yeah you have to like do all these like i don't know it's just like i suppose it's quite repetitive um the tutorial anyway obviously i can't say what the actual <laughs> once you get in there <laughs> i mean i'd be sweating by that point i think because it was just yeah there was just um there is a lot to do in the tutorial it's like I think there was there was a lack of direction. Um, I think initially for me, anyway, some people might be quite good at just being like, uh, like things being quite self-explanatory to them. But um, obviously, I had like your help, Jay. Um, like uh, hearing someone who's already like been there, done that. This is what you have to do. That's like definitely helps. Even if it was like simply the instructions were like, I don't know. I suppose they were there were instructions, but it was more elusive and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we we all ran into this problem. Well, this is something that we all ran into is that they technically offer a tutorial area, but even the tutorial area doesn't have a tutorial. It just throws you in and doesn't let you leave until you've accomplished these tasks. And I feel like this game is a lot like the early days of Minecraft, if you remember that. Like Minecraft Mm -hmm. now is a little bit better and offers tutorial and helps you like learn to craft things. 
early days of Minecraft, it just threw you into this world and is like survive or die. And then you just like had <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. Well, that's um, what I said and to this you, felt Jay. A lot like yeah. That. yeah. I literally and, said that. I said um mine I said Minecraft survival mode instantly. This is like this is exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah, from yeah, back and in it the feels day. a lot like that, where you really have to get help by either asking people around you, and there are a lot of friendly people, let me tell you, um, or you got to like go and watch a five-hour YouTube tutorial just to even know how to get around the tutorial world. Like it's really in depth, and there's a lot of stuff to do. But let me tell you, it is not friendly for a newcomer. But mm -hmm. I feel like once mm -hmm. you get into it, it has the depth to keep going once you get used to the game. I mean, Jay and I were able to get into a world after we managed to slog through the tutorial area. Um, and we found a lot of friendly people that were helping us do things that I didn't know were possible in a game like this, honestly. Where we're talking full-on smithing. Yep. Um, and, and you had to get all these different ingredients that people had left in community bins, throw them in, get a template. And this guy literally was showing him how to forge this battle axe and that was amazing to me that there could be a game with so much depth yeah it's it's not and so like imagine if you played minecraft out there you kind of have an idea like in minecraft you see a little three by three grid and you put three pieces of iron in the top and two sticks in the middle and it becomes a pickaxe this game you got to go find a big huge fiery forging cauldron and you got to find a blueprint you want, attach that blueprint to it. So it says, okay, put eight pieces of iron in to make just the head of your battle axe. Then you got to go to the side. You got to open the slot, dump your pieces of iron in the side, close <laughs> the slot, and then like wait for this thing to forge. You pull it out. Then you got to go heat it in the fire. You got a hammer. And guess what? You've got the head of your battle axe created, not the handle, <laughs> nothing else. That is just the head. This is that intense of a well, game and then you need to go sharpen it and you need to like pound it into place with your giant smith and hammer Jeez. like it is a really involved process just making the head of his battle axe took like what would you say like 15 minutes uh, and it was probably because we didn't probably because we didn't know what we were doing but even if we had i feel like it would have took still probably three to five minutes if i totally knew how to do it there was just that many literal steps oh and that was God. i had luckily found bins there in this because we went to like a beginner community of iron i would have had to go pickaxe some iron out of a cave if oh i had wanted God. to make this myself <laughs> bring it to somewhere smelt it into these little bricks and then go through this process so it imagine, is imagine geez I, you just made me think like imagine working nine till five and then having to go in there and like work tomorrow, be like, <laughs> I, like pay i want to get paid for doing this i'd like if i'm going to be doing all this i want i want to see some some money like that's a lot i was sweating from the tutorial i mean to be fair it was quite <laughs> quite warm today so it might have been that but there's a it was it was it's physical yeah it is and you got to stoop over to grab so there's no crouch button so you have to play the standing which offers a whole problem of accessibility issues at least again i've only played about two or three hours so keep in mind this game's so intense i might be wrong there might be options i don't know that i didn't find but to all of us who played it seemed like you had to stand and play you had to physically bend over to pull rocks out of the ground like i was getting tired uh, you have to find an axe to chop down a tree and you are just repeatedly realistically swinging this thing to chop down this tree. It is like you have been taken out of your life. You've been transported to, I don't know when the heck this play takes place, like the 1300s. And you are literally trying to survive that world with the real world amount of work it's going to take to do it. It is, if you like this, this would be amazing. I feel like this is like everything people want. They want this realistic level of 
interacting with other people and creating these objects and getting through these worlds and fighting the enemies. But it is so much work to get there. You better not think that you're going to get in this game in two hours, know what you're doing. You, I would say you'd take 10 hours to even have an idea what you're doing in this game. Yeah. I know. It's and at even, that point yeah. is, uh, yeah, at that point is the realism too much. Like I'm all for <laughs> jumping into 13th century Europe, right? But I mean, I was in there and I was expecting to die of dysentery at any moment, you know? Like I don't want that kind of realism in my games. I, I or, or at least offer some kind of direction in game so I don't need to go and watch a YouTube tutorial to figure out how to play the game, you know? Yeah. Even so, I feel like I was more tired from doing those tasks than if I did the same task in real life. I wouldn't feel. I, wouldn't I see you've never tried to that. chop a tree in real life. Let me tell you. <laughs> like I used to do, I don't know. I just I used to build like little. I used to try and build like tree houses with my brother in the woods. It's like I'm pretty sure I I wasn't. I was gonna. I was ready to like pass out in that game. I feel like in real life. <laughs> In real life, it was, it's not, I, I don't know whether it's because you're having to like, you're doing, I think we forget as well, being VR users, that we're actually doing a lot as well as what we're doing in VR. So as in right now, obviously you're wearing the headset, we're being like desensitized to the fact that we're wearing the headset and that you have like lesser peripheral vision and then like having to grip at the same time of like holding the controller. So maybe, I don't know whether subconsciously it feels like more work and because mm-hmm. everything is like technically out of depth like it's not really i know we, we are saying it is realistic because we're doing a lot more than we usually have to do like it's usually like everything's there on like a silver platter but like i feel like it is i, I swear it's like more tiring if i did the same exact motion exact motion in real life if i was picking a stick off the ground i just felt like it was way <laughs> it was way more tiring in there <laughs> yeah yeah that that is a good point it, it, yeah, it's it's an amazing potential of a game, but it's releasing now for $10 on Quest, or it's free on PC, but you can buy cosmetics. So, like, it for releasing on Quest for a price, I feel like, ooh, that, that it's 10 bucks is a low price, and it's, a, it's an amazing amount of work has gone into it. But if you spend 10 bucks thinking this is a done game, you're going to just jump in and play it, be prepared. You're going to be spending so much time learning the game, you might not even make it through the tutorial and actually play the game. You might get frustrated and stop short of that. So be prepared to commit yourself to this if you're actually Yeah, but do at it. the same time, if you're one of these players that is really looking for a game with near infinite depth, where you can go in and really learn the systems and really, uh, honestly, if you really wanted to live in this game, I honestly couldn't think of a better game because this game yeah. has so much depth to it that I feel like if you loved this concept, you could really lose yourself in this game. Yeah, you've got to you've got to be there. We played a little bit with Lepnox, one of our other hosts who isn't here tonight, and like he was saying though, he he definitely had a much less exciting experience with he said if it wasn't for the fact that we were waiting for him in the world and like gonna play together he would have given up before even finishing the tutorial (laughs) and and he's someone who actually enjoyed orbis which is kind of a similar game along at least the same vein that we played way back in the day he enjoyed orbis and we kind of did not (laughs) enjoy orbis (laughs) so it's it's definitely if you're there if you're in mmorpgs you might really get into this game and go for it. But me, someone who doesn't really play those games, I felt so lost and I can appreciate that the game offers a lot, but beyond this week of checking out, I don't see myself going back and playing this ever again. And that's fair. Mm. <laughs> Kaylee, Kaylee's never going to go back to even finish the tutorial, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. Now I feel like I want to give it, I want to get, at least get through the tutorial to have like a valid like experience. I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe you can finally I... say, suck a game, I beat your tutorial. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to go back in. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the frustrating thing there, too, like, we're spending a lot of time on this, I know, but there, it's a very intense game. Uh, in most MMORPGs, at least in the beginning, you can get in with your friends and struggle together. This game has servers and you can get in with friends, but in the tutorial stage of the game, the very beginning, it doesn't seem like unless you randomly match with them, it doesn't seem like you can get in the same tutorial together. So I was on a party with Kaylee talking her through it while I was walking around my own tutorial world so that I could see what she was seeing, but I could never physically get there with her, which would have made it a lot easier to help her get yeah. through it and yeah. get into the game. Jay and I were able to yeah. randomly stumble into the same tutorial world. And let me tell you, that made the experience 10 times better. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Township mm -hmm. Tale. Go get it if you have a PC and it's because it's free. Just to literally experience what we're talking about through the tutorial, I would say that's at least worth trying and seeing the work that's gone into this. If you're on Quest, I would only spend the 10 if you kind of know what you're getting into and you like these kind of games. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think? I, I feel like that's worth that's worth it. No, I feel like yeah. we can end up right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. I think so. Well, we've got a very exciting experience, whatever you want to call it. It's not necessarily a game, but Kaylee... Tell tell our listeners about a music video that you had a big part in helping create. Yeah, so earlier this year, um, I was approached by Luke Thompson. We actually had a mutual contact to begin with, so that was quite nice. Um, he approached me because he's actually the lead singer of his band, The Murderers. Um, and yeah, so basically, because Luke already works in VR, this is not random, um, he wanted a VR artist to create um, sort of captivating, immersive artwork for the video and um, the vibe that he was uh, going for was this sort of like futuristic nostalgic aesthetic, so very like synthwave, vaporwave visuals, you know where it's very like, I mean watch, when you watch the video, if you watch the video it completely makes sense but um, it's sort of like Vapor, if anyone's seen like vaporwave visuals um it's got like a certain color palette to it and like the brushes that i use are very like neon and there's a lot of like animated brushes going on but um it kind of has this adopts this like retro futuristic aesthetic um which i love is that combination of like the past and the future and um yeah, it kind of like hones into the like themes of the song as well and the vibe generally that the that the music's going for um but yeah, the song's amazing. The song's called Save Yourself. And um, yeah, uh, Luke said that he want, he definitely wanted like VR art. And I was obviously working in Tilt Brush. I think obviously he'd seen my work and it kind of made sense with what I've done before. And it was just a really cool process because um, the final intended result was the, was the, like a conventional music video for YouTube. I think um, Luke liked the idea that in the future we would, it would be like a, a virtual experience people were able to go into um but even like creating the like just the youtube video itself um it was a really exciting experience because um it's a bit different like creating a music video like that is it for someone else's music and not for my own like track um or cover or whatever so um i really liked the direction that i was given and um the process was really interesting because in the video like if if you watch it um it kind of has this very like linear um structure to it well well it appears to be linear um but behind <laughs> this behind the scenes um in tilt brush i actually made um 
it was actually like a big ring. I, I think we called it ring, a wheel, the circle. Oh. But basically, the the landscape itself is not flat. It's actually like a ring, like this, and um, the the world curves round with the ring. So um, when we when Luke put, put took it into Unity and like set his camera pathways, the camera is I think is I can't remember if he sent the camera around. I think the camera is still on the. We had this idea basically that the ring you wouldn't see some video obviously, but it's more for that like, capturing that perspective, the private perspective, because basically we wanted the in the background there would be this um instead of like a skybox, it's like this still image uh, still image in the background and then which would stay the same. So the skyline would stay the same and the landscape would move like this. Oh. So you made the world spin and the camera stays still. Um, I can't remember if that's eventually what happened in the end because I don't know technically if that's. I mean, we might be like, yeah, yeah, we did. That is what I did. Oh, I can't remember. But but yeah, that was basically because it was hard. It's harder for me in Tilbrush to make like a really flat landscape because you kind of lose like all the peripheral. I'd have to be like making like this like like detailed landscape forever. Whereas like with that, we could kind of manipulate the the perspective. Um, and it just it just kind of was like way easier for me to just have this continuous flow because it meant that each um, like section of the song like blended well into each other. Um, but yeah, it was just a really exciting um, project for me because we it, we had such a, a good flow like back and forth. And um, the final result, I think uh, we're like both really happy with, and we've had such a good response. So it kind of yeah, so it adopts this like retro futuristic aesthetic and Tilbrush I think is perfect for that and um it was just so fun to work on and then um Luke managed to get it um released on App Lab so now you can actually go inside the Tiltbrush um world and it will you will move with the like with the environment um so it's kind of like you're like in a position of where the camera is on the YouTube video and um you can kind of hit he is like singing and like luke the lead singer is like singing in front of you and um it's really i think it i really it it was a really exciting thing for me to like be inside it because this is kind of like a massive confession for me but um i don't actually personally when i create my music videos i don't test my music inside the <laughs> artwork because purely because it never gets released nobody ever sees it in vr which is actually really sad i'm working on that to be a thing but um because they're just going on youtube i've never actually tested oh would this be it does the song match the world when you're inside vr like does it feel immersive like because in my head it does i think oh surely it'll match but yeah so this must have been entirely different for you to go in and experience it in vr what did you think that was like yeah i, I well it was just it was, I, I thought it was a little bit emotional for me, really. I was like so excited about it when he said that, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to get it on the, uh, the app store so people can, you know, people can go inside your artwork like that. Ironically, it's so funny, but a lot of people don't see my artwork in VR. So that was really exciting for me. And, um, that's like the first one, I think. Yeah. That's the first VR music video where it's been accessible via VR for me, which is it's just insane, really. Um, so it's kind of inspired me as well to like sort my videos out so that they are like, vis like places that you can actually visit. Um, so I'm actually I'm actually like thinking of trying to curate my that myself as some sort of app. Um, so it's actually inspired me and motivated me to like sort out my own music uh, music videos as well. But yeah, it was a really fun experience, and I totally recommend trying it out because it's free on App Lab. So, um, it's literally like. An immersive music video so you get to step inside the video that's on youtube 
<laughs> yeah. It, uh, I experienced it today. I, I wanted to do it first in VR. And I also let Natalie, my wife, experience it. So you built the environment, but you weren't necessarily brought into choose like how does the environment flow as the music goes on how is the music represented you really built the environment and then they kind of handled the rest of the stuff is that correct yeah so luke himself because he's a developer he like um you know like constructed the sort of the, the like he sorted the camera like you can do that in tilbrush uh, and set the camera and everything but the the way that we wanted to do it it would have been too hard with having that uh, stationary skyline um, uh-huh. it just worked a lot better in Unity. And plus, like, um, Luke is putting a lot more, like, um, filters and things like that over the top. So, actually, the video as well isn't, um, like, they're, they're not unedited videos from Tiltbrush. They do have, like, retro, like, film aesthetics on top, like, vibe on top. So, um, it was just easier for, for Luke to do that himself and control, like, how we wanted that to look. Okay. So both Natalie and I tried this in VR, and then I went back to experience it flat to see what that was like as well. It was missing some of the cool things of VR. Looks when you first get into VR, you like standing in front of this big old CRT TV, and there's a VHS tape off to the side, and you like grab that tape and you put it in the VCR, and then it like slowly pulls you into the TV. Like the music video oh, starts that's on so TV. cool. Yeah, it starts flat like it does on YouTube, but then it pulls you slowly into the TV. And then yeah. all of a sudden, once you're all the way in, you're in this 360 environment where it's moving. And you also, when you move your hands, there's these two uh, highlighted neon, I don't know what you'd call them. They like leave a trail behind them. They're like these markers that fly through VR. And you can kind of almost draw on the environment as you're yeah. moving through with your hands. That was probably pretty cool for you to see, Kaylee, because I was guessing that wasn't something that you you were doing you you were making the environment so yeah. now all of a sudden it had this like art thing that you could do along yeah with i thought it. it was a really nice feature Luke, literally it was kind of more of a surprise the vr experience for me um because once i'd done like my job like luke was busy like doing all of that so um yeah i really liked that feature i just wasn't really expecting any i didn't know like what he was going to do with it i didn't know whether you would just appear in it and then it would just start and you'd start moving forward like where am i but i thought it was such a good idea to like be going inside the tv it like it fits so well with the overall like vibe and like the sort of the style of the song and everything was just like, I don't know, like aesthetically, I was like, Oh, this is so nice. It's so good. Yeah. I really <laughs> like that feature with the, I liked how they disappeared. I think it wasn't like a permanent, it was more whimsical than that. It wasn't really like you were meant to be drawing or anything. It just kind of made you mm-hmm. like move along to the music and it made you feel like you were like vibing in the environment. It, I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's you. something that I was able, I was completely missed out on because I was only able to view it flat because I don't have an Oculus device. But it sounds like actually having that music video in VR adds so much to the experience. Yeah, I think oh, it, yeah. Did, it does make it, I, that, I kind of reminded me actually like why I make um, my artwork in VR as well. I think it was a really nice like, like reminder, motivator that, yeah, this is why I paint in VR. Like, so it just makes a massive difference being able to like be inside the experience that is sort of like materializing the song. I don't know. I really like that idea that like the song exists in a certain place and that in itself is like one whole thing rather than the song being separate to the environment. That might be me being like a massive nerd, but I really like that idea. (laughs) (laughs) There needs to be more VR music videos. And if you're out there and you're hearing, wow, this sounds so cool, go to the show notes, go to the YouTube channel. We'll make sure there's a link to the actual video on YouTube 
and to the App Labs side quest, aka whatever you want to call it. That is Oculus Quest devices only. You can't, I don't think there's a way, there might be a hacker way that I don't know about, but you got to have a quest if you want to see it in VR, at least for now. We'll yeah. make sure that's in there so that you can go check it out, see this, and come back and tell us what you thought of it because I think we all had a blast checking it out, right? Yeah, that would be oh, brilliant yeah. if anyone could see it. Yeah. And speaking of our show notes, we'll also have a link to our Discord server. Uh, you can go in and be able to chat with us, ask us questions on the Q&A section, and overall tell us what you thought of of the, all of our other links and the things that we talked about on the show, including the amazing music video that we were just discussing. You can provide suggestions to influence what games we talk about and play each podcast and talk with our amazing community about all things VR. Um, if you're listening to our podcast, consider checking out our YouTube channel and vice versa. If you are on YouTube, consider taking us on the go with any one of your favorite podcast providers. But as always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, when it comes to VR, you have to dive on, on in. in.